0: Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Sterner, play action, looking, punch, throws down the middle, touchdown! Arkansas, oh my! Clint Sterner is brought to you by Motorsports Authority. With two great locations and hundreds of vehicles to choose from. Sterner, very confident. Going down the middle. Hey, one of this Clint Sterner is putting on a show. Check them out or visit online at MSAStore.com. Play fake. Sterner steps out. All right, let's bring him in. If you got a question for Clint, you can call up here in a couple of minutes, 661-1037. We have lots of questions ourselves. Clint, welcome back. How are you?
1: Man, I'm doing good. You know, always after a Razorback victory, man, early in the year. Hell, any time in the year, to be honest. But early in the year, to get this thing rolling, man, is, is, uh, it, it makes for a damn good Monday, that's
0: for sure. Your job is going to be super easy today because you can uh, crow about how great the Hogs are and you can also take calls about how bad A&M was this weekend. Dear Lord, what in the world is going on in College Station?
1: You know, I, I mean, I, I didn't think it was that bad, if I'm being completely honest. I, I've been I've been hard on I didn't think they were a top-ten team after what they did last year. Uh, their recruiting, uh, you know, the recruiting ranking, that class they had, that was unbelievable. All due credit, but uh, apparently that drove them to another top-ten preseason ranking and 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 once again they spit the bit i mean this time they did it in a big way the crazy thing is is the the number of national analysts former players former coaches guys that have been doing this a long time looked at at what was going on at a&m and and just made excuse after excuse after excuse and in reality it was staring us in the face it was a football team that 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 doesn't have a quarterback because the head coach, who's an offensive-minded uh, call, play-calling quarterback guru, didn't develop a quarterback after Kevin Sumlin uh, gave uh, gifted him a quarterback in Kellen Mond for his first two or three years in college, and they go after. Last year was Calzada's fault. Uh, Haynes King got injured. Now they got Haynes King, and it's Haynes King's fault. At some point, you got to start pointing your finger at the nine-plus million-dollar-a-year coach that's supposed to be an offensive juggernaut play caller, that's supposed to be an elite developer of talent, and say their offense is outdated, their quarterbacks aren't mature, their quarterbacks aren't developed, their quarterbacks aren't playing well physically or mentally. And, <laughs> and, and that's just – I saw that early on in College Station with last year when they finished 8-4. Um, and, and I would imagine that some of these folks that have been riding Jimbo's tail, has, uh, they will, uh, they'll acknowledge it this week.
0: Clinton, they got a tough game this week against a, a Miami team that's ranked in the top 15. How do they get the ship righted before they play Arkansas, or can they? I think we're all hoping they can't.
1: Well, look, I, I don't think there's an easy answer in terms of, of righting the ship. I mean, I think if I thought they should have told Miss Johnson the transfer out of LSU from jump. Um, I, I thought that what Max Johnson did would bring a little bit of stability to that offense, and and, and quite frankly, I even said this down here on radio in Houston, it, it would it would eliminate the the Aggies getting upset by the Appalachian State. Now, I, let me take let me take that back. I did not say App State because I didn't think it was that bad. I, I, I thought it would eliminate them getting beat by a five hundred Mississippi State team or a dysfunctional. Top 500 LSU team at the end of the year. I thought it would at least raise the floor to where this football team could play up to somewhat the expectation. And and they chose, of course, a coach that gets an extension that's got nine million dollars a year. He chooses to go with the young guy that he's promised is is the best thing since sliced bread, and it's not working out. And I'm not in any way, shape, or form blaming it on Hank King. By the way, uh, I hope everybody understands. I'm not blaming it on the quarterback. At some point, you got to point. <clears throat> coach that you watch on the sideline, and on a third and five that they don't convert, he comes running on the field yelling at the wide receiver for doing the wrong thing. At some point, it's it's a lack of development, it's a lack of preparation, and when it's the offensive side of the football in College Station, that points directly at Jimbo Fisher. And so, um, I don't know that they can write the shift. They can plug in Max Johnson if they want to, and I hope they don't. Being a Ravens back, I hope they don't. But, but they can plug him in, and I think that'll help. But I don't think – I don't think in any way, shape, or
0: form. All right, let's move back to uh, Arkansas where everybody's focused now. Good win over South Carolina. Do have some things to work on, obviously. But the run game is what we had hoped for. Rocket Sanders, you know, we've been talking about it. We were kind of expecting him to carry a little heavier load with Johnson out and got 24 carries this weekend. So that was sort of what we were thinking maybe in the preseason, that that might be the kind of load he would carry. A couple of touchdowns, 156, six and a half yards a carry. You've got to be thrilled about that. And then the young guys get involved too. Dominion gets eight carries, only gets 15 yards, but gets a touchdown. AJ Green gets a touchdown, 43 yards for him. I mean, if Arkansas can do anything close to that the rest of the season, you got to think they're going to have a chance to have a very high ceiling.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, there, there's a chance, Justin, that that the the Razorbacks could have five guys with over 500 yards rushing this year. I think I think last year it was four. Is, is that correct? Last year That's it was right. four, and I don't think yep. been, that, that hadn't been done since the 70s. Um, there's a chance that, that they could have five this year. And now, I don't think it would be by design. I think it would be because Dominic Johnson is out. He's going to come back late in the season. and A.J. Green looks looks absolutely nailed. DeBinion looks, I don't even know if I'm saying that right, but he looks like he's going to be a huge part of the future, and we know what K.J. Jefferson is going to do. So, look, guys, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised at the, the talent that the Razorbacks have in terms of being able to run the football. I knew the offensive line would be good. I knew that the running backs and the quarterback could could get that established. What, what I'm is what we watched Week One was Kendall Browse come out and he tried to throw the ball around the park and uh, and, and now it wasn't anything it was anything risky. I'm not banging on Kendall but I'm just saying there was no there was no uh, initiative to set the set the tone in terms of running the football downhill. Um, it was almost kind of experimenting with some things and let's see what kind of progress KJ made in the off season and let's see what kind of receivers we got. Let's spread this thing around where in game two they had to watch that film and watch Georgia State run for 200-plus yards against South Carolina and say, all right, boys, we got to go in here and establish dominance immediately. And it, was, it, it wasn't it was a bunch of the sideline-to-sideline side stuff, even though they mixed some of that in with Jaden Hazelwood and Matt Landers, and I absolutely love that. But I'm going to tell you what, it was clear from jump that they were going to establish the run between the tackles, with the 400, what what is the number, 467 pounds of, of beef that they have in the backfield between their quarterback and their starting running back. I absolutely loved it, guys. Identity. When you've got an identity, every week out of the gate, the first two or three drives, establish your identity and then play with them late. I love what Kendall Browns did. I love what K.J. Jefferson did. And you know what's crazy, guys? You know what's the, the craziest part about this is at halftime we're sitting there talking about K.J. Jefferson and and Rocket Sanders in, in the production. And if, if we looked at the box scores, I think there was six, maybe seven different receivers had catches at halftime. Mm. So instead of coming out and, and almost forcing the let's see what K.J. can do. No, you come out, you force your identity, you shove it down their throat. And then just because of the way the defense has to adjust, K.J. spreads the ball around, all the wide receivers eat, they're all on display for all of us to watch. Like, damn, maybe, maybe it isn't one guy that's going to replace Traylon Burks. Maybe it is. Uh, you know, the the, the 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 group, the whole group, three or four guys. So, um, what a what a, a weekend for the Hawks! I thought there uh, there was a lot to, to pull from that game.
0: Was any complaints from you offensively?
1: Uh, no, no. I mean, offensively, no. I mean, my my concern, Trey Knox' ankle, obviously. Um, Complaint? No, I don't have any. Any from this game? My only one from Week One was that it seemed like he came out and tried to get cues instead of coming out and, and establishing, establishing the run. And, and without George on the schedule this year, I think. I think. Well, how many games they play? How many regular season games? You got twelve. Yeah. Um. I mean, I. I think. I think now that they, they didn't do it game one. I, I think we should see eleven straight games have come out and 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 even against Alabama, even against Bama, come out and 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 force feed them between the tackles. And then, boy, if you can get that accomplished in the first couple of drives, you are going to absolutely eat the rest of the game. So, um, I, no, just offensively, I don't, I don't, I don't have any complaints um, off the top of my head that, that I can that I can think of. Man, I, I, I didn't like necessarily week one when I saw Hazelwood. Not necessarily that he didn't do anything great. The one catch was beautiful. Don't get me wrong, but you know, I, five star transfer from Oklahoma. Boy, the expectations were just through the roof. I love seeing him this week. Maybe not be as productive in the past game, but absolutely be a physical beast on the sideline, shoving guys around. I love that mentality from the wide receiver. So, man, I, I don't, I don't have anything negative for you offensively this week. All
0: right, I want to talk defensively because Drew Sanders had a huge game, and I've been talking about him for what he could potentially bring this team. And we saw that that you, teams, you oh, and sorry. everybody else take it easy over well, there. I've been. You know, a little louder than everybody else. I don't think so. I have but. a microphone. Not everybody has a microphone. I was the first one that brought his name up after <laughs> seeing him at camp, I think. And I was like, this dude's a freak. Dude's a freak, Clint. What can he bring to this defense? <laughs>
1: well, I mean, I, look, it's one of the things where I, I talked to Sam Pittman about him a little bit, watched the, the spring game a few times, and, man, it, it really jumps off. His speed really jumps off the field. And we do that position in Barry Odom's three three five defense. He was going to have an opportunity to make a lot of tackles. He was going to have an opportunity to make a lot of game-changing plays. And once you see that speed, you're like, damn, how good can this guy be? And and I thought I may have got out of my skis a little bit early on when I said this guy could have a better season than, than Grant Morgan had. And I know Hog Nation doesn't like to hear that because Grant Morgan is, is a sweetheart of, of the, the program. And no doubt I love Grant Morgan. It was no disrespect. Um, I mean, it, it's hell, it's the bar. I mean, right now Grant Morgan and Bumper Pool are the bar at the, at the linebacker position. Can you play equal to or better than those guys? And, and I think Drew Sanders has a, has a chance. Um, the first week was a little bit tough, uh, but this week right here, man, he he really played well in that, hell you know, for lack of better terms, in that Grant Morgan role. Man, his speed was on display. He made several big time plays early in that football game. But I, I tell you what, I've, I've got a he, he he and Bumper both, and maybe it's just by design or by scheme, but when they go, I do not like our. 4-3 defense right now. I, they're, they're, I understand why they're doing it, and I like Barry Odom's forward way of thinking. Like, There's going to be games where they get into games where with a three-down defensive line, they're not going to be able to stop the run. They're going to have to go to a four-down front. So what what does that look like for the defense? So I understand the method to the madness. I understand why they're doing it. But, boy, I don't know if it's me. You guys correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like every time they get in a four-down defense, if they don't get pressure, there is a receiver getting behind the defensive back somehow, some way. I mean, it is just, it is like a neon light flashing of, hey, you, you can attack us deep right here. There's no, I, I don't know what they're trying to do defensively, coverage-wise, because you can't really see from the from the TV copy. But man, it seems like it's either it's either penthouse or outhouse when they go when they go four down, man. And there is nothing in between, so that part scares me. And the only reason I say that, Wes, is because when they go four down. Those linebackers, big plays somewhat disappear. When they go to that 335 and they can play with their instincts and they can they can read the quarterback and, and just read react, gosh dang, it's fun to watch, man. And those guys' instincts are unbelievable. Buffer Full, Drew Sanders, even the safety, even the safeties with Cataline out. I mean, I'm these guys are really, really good tacklers, which we haven't seen that in a long time in Arkansas. These guys fly to the ball, they tackle well. Now I'm not real sure about the coverage on the back end, but the linebackers and safety in terms of tackling man
0: it's it's, uh, it's impressive so far hey uh down the road from you in austin uh i'm sure they're pretty upset a terrible call in the end zone it should have been a safety instead of the. how I, i'm is it even as a quarterback Clint, can you say that should have been a, a safety and not a, a personal foul penalty
1: Oh, there's no question that should have been a safety. There, there is zero okay. doubt about it that that the the, the ref absolutely botched that call. Now, I, I I will give them credit for correcting it. did, but they still left meat on the phone. They they still, uh, you know, ultimately ultimately decided that in Alabama's favor. I mean, that that should have been a safety. Two points to Texas. Alabama's kicking off. Texas has great field position with a lead in that football game. No question about it. But uh, I do commend them because I don't know if anybody was listening to the broadcast, but in the broadcast booth, they had an official, uh, a, a, a uh, an analyst, an official in the booth, and he said, "Look, once that's called, there's no, there's no overturning it. You can overturn the targeting call, you can't overturn the roughing call." And so, I mean, it went from it was fixing to be the worst call that I've ever seen in college football. If I'm being completely honest we just with you, it would have ranked right up there along the line, uh, right, right beside the NFL. What was that? The Rams and the New Orleans Saints. No, non-pass interference call back in the NFC Championship back in the day, five, four, five years ago. It would have been right up there with that one, guys. I mean, it was going to be ugly. So I commend the refs for coming back and saying, hey, it was a miscommunication was no roughing called. And by the way, the targeting that was reviewed, there is no targeting, so we're just going to let them punt the football. I commend them for making that correction because we all know a lot of dudes that got egos, especially in that coaching and in that, in, in that refereeing world, that would have never admitted that mistake. They admitted it. They corrected that aspect of it, uh, but it still wasn't enough. I, I think I think. I mean, uh, Texas at the end of the day got the ball in the on a couple of calls there.
0: And uh, I couldn't be happier. Um, Clint Sterner joining us on the Brandon Moving <laughs> and Storage Hotline, brought to you by Motorsports Authority. Let's be honest, those suckers have gotten that call a million times over the years, so that's the way it goes sometimes. You finally found uh, a bigger dog in the room and get used to it because when you come to the SEC, that's how that's going to go. Let me shift over to the NFL quickly. Uh I don't mean to be fatalistic. West couple of years, Darling. Right. Is the Cowboys season over?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean I, I think I think it was on, on thin Ice and Jump with the injury. Um I feel for real in the N F C East. I, you know, I I think I think um, you know, as long as Carson Wentz is is, is not uh, trying to do too much in, in Washington. I think they're going to be a decent football team. They're going to be right up there with the Cowboys as they're built right now. Um, the Giants go up. I mean, the Giants, I mean, they, they put the hog on the table, baby, and they went for two and won the ballgame versus last year's AFC number one seed. And so while the rest of the division is is trending in the right direction, the Cowboys are have been, they are, and have been trending in the wrong direction for some time now. And now you got your quarterback hurt. Um, I, look, I, I, here's here's my problem with the Cowboys. Is, I mean, you've got a a offensive play caller that is is one of the hotter fo- uh, head football coach candidates in in the NFL. And all I've heard, guys, and now I follow a lot of the media members in in, in Dallas, so maybe it's, maybe it's not really what's going on behind closed doors there. But all, all I've heard is. The bitching and moaning about how the Cowboys don't have enough talent offensively. They don't have receivers. They don't have this. They don't have that. They got to beat up offensive line. I mean, at, at at the end of the day, do you have to have the best? I mean, best talent across the board every year to go into a season and feel like you got a chance to win? I mean, they've had an embarrassment of riches since Romo was there, and and it it, it hasn't panned out, and now. You got to lean on. You got to lean on your coordinator, who again is one of the hotter head coach candidates in the league. Hey man, create the separation. You got to lean on your first round draft pick that everybody would was, was just love that he fell to you late in the first round. I mean, he's running a slant and can't create separation. Uh, you know, versus the Tampa DB. Uh, you got to lean on your quarterback to play a little bit more conservative. You got to lean on your run game. Uh, you got to lean on it. I mean, Wes, did did that tight end that they're paying about ten million dollars? Did he play?
0: Yeah, he caught a couple late.
1: Yeah, I mean you, you got you got a, a tight end that's franchisable. In other words, you think he's one of the top three best tight ends in the league in terms of money, right? Or top five, whatever that average is. You got a first round draft pick wide receiver. You got a two headed horse at running back. You got a quarterback that should be a dual threat that people claim is a top ten quarterback in this league. And 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 all I hear is well the offensive line is deal. Well, we don't have a second third receiver, man. Cry me a river. I'm down here covering a Texans team that just blew a 17-point lead with with Brandon Cooks as the only player on the entire team that anybody would anybody any of the other 31 teams in the NFL would want, and they just they just coughed up a 17-point lead in the fourth quarter. I mean, I, I, that that's the part that really frustrates me in Dallas. It's like, hey, man, just go to battle with what you got and and lean on the heavyweights that you do have instead of complain about the fact that you don't have. Uh, seven Pro Bowlers on your yeah. offense this year. I mean, I, that, that's the part that really that really bugs me, Dallas.
0: Right? Clint, we only got a minute left or so. Let me get a couple questions in from the crowd. Hazelwood, go ahead. Clint Sterner, what's going on, my friend? It's Hazelwood. Hazelwood. Let's roll, much, buddy. We're tight on time. What's your question? Hey, man, I was just fixing to
1: say Did you actually think uh, that Jefferson would be that strong
0: in the pocket? I mean, he's a big guy, but holy cow, how many times did he just get nailed Saturday, walk out of it, and just throw a strike? Hey, Thanks, Hazelwood. Clint?
1: Yeah, look, I, I think the most impressive thing, and I'll be honest with you, I, I did not expect it to happen this early in the season. I thought I was hoping we would see it late in the season, but the most impressive thing that I've seen is, is – um, you know, like I said, him having six, I mean, he ended up throwing the complete balls to seven different receivers, The so six of them, I believe, in the first half. And the minute that he checked that ball down to Rocket Sanders on his left side, they called the shot. He's staring downfield, wanting to take that shot. In the past, he would have threw it or he would have ran it. But instead, he kicks his eyes down to the left sideline and, and lays it over to Rocket Sanders. And Rocket Sanders, I don't know, I don't know, like big chunk play. I don't know exactly what it was. Like. I immediately right there said, boys if KJ Jefferson can do that, if he can do that consistently, Arkansas is going to win a bunch of football games this year. Arkansas is going to upset a couple of folks this year. Now, can he do it long-term? I don't know, but that was a small sample size of some really good stuff for K.J. Jefferson.
0: Savage, I'm going to give you 30 seconds or less. Give it, give it to me real quick.
1: Hey, Clint, you know, talking about the play call and, you know, in the fourth quarter, when there's four or five minutes left to go, why do you take your foot off the gas and get South Carolina
0: the ball? I mean, is that Kendall Briles' fault, right? I'll get off here.
1: Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, look. I, I think it, no matter what happens late in the fourth quarter, Kendall Brown, right? We, we're going to point at Kendall Brown, period. But but here, here's here's the the beauty of what, in my opinion, of, of what Arkansas is. It should I should be able to go in there and call plays for Arkansas in a four minute situation. I mean, it, it literally is. You're going to you're going to run the football downhill. You're going to use KJ Jefferson, and if it doesn't work, it's going to look very vanilla If it does work, you're going to look up and say that's why Arkansas is is able to put guys to sleep and so look good batter and different we're gonna look at Kendall Browse that's the hat he wears that's the salary that he picks up every Tuesday I don't know if they get paid on Tuesday but whenever they get paid <laughs> that's the salary that he picks up so look, I look Arkansas if Arkansas wasn't a power run game run team and four minute offense isn't one of their strengths then I would be very disappointed when they go vanilla but boy when they can when they can put a knee in it at the end of a game that is the best thing sometimes it works Sometimes it doesn't. I agree. Disappointed that that South Carolina gets an extra opportunity, but um, but but at the end of the day, those guys got to execute. They got to run the football. They got to chew the clock. That's that's exactly who Arkansas is, and it's one of the biggest weapons they have. So I understand the frustration, but there's it's a little different than just saying, well, the OC went went vanilla and just gave them opportunity after opportunity.
0: Clint, I appreciate you and I love you. We gotta go. Thank you for the time, my friend. We'll talk to you Friday. Hey.